Uh, they're only going to look at the three-day, the seven-day, and the 30-day total regarding decisions about canceling a show. So I was thrilled because, um, I, you know, as you guys know, I'm a Sleepy Hollow fanatic, and, uh, you know, it's been horrible trying to get people to watch live. And I think they realize that it, it really is – I mean, our totals are like 85% higher than the live – the live viewing in the the v and the VOD, so uh, I think it's a good move. I think that all of the networks need to do that. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I know that we've talked about this a lot in the past. Everything with the ratings and how sometimes, especially especially when you're dealing with network shows, it's so difficult to judge to truly judge the the viewership based on you know live i mean we're this is not like before people watch on their phones people watch on their laptops on their tablets they you know they watch later you know mm-hmm. it i i think to to take like to to do a broader scope of of really taking into account all the different uh vehicles that people use to view shows now is going to give them a much better idea of what the viewership is and then decide whether or not, you know, the show should be kept on air. And I think Sleepy Hollow is a very good example of it. Not to get too much into that, but I I think ideally um, you can't really judge how well a show is doing um, like that. You really have to take a broader, um, you know, like a broader picture of what's going on with the show. I mean, it, and in Sleepy Hollow particularly, there were a lot of things uh, show-wise that I know that, you know, we've discussed in the past and I know yeah. has been something that the fans have kept, you know, clamoring about, which was more story-driven and probably mm-hmm. ter- turned a lot of fans off from the direction between season one and season two. You know, suddenly we right. something else going on. And I think this season really helped the show kind of get back on track and I think a lot of people have returned to watching it. So um, I was happy that, you know, they didn't cancel uh, after season two and that they, you know, they had faith that there was a fandom there that would stick with the show if they just addressed some of the issues. So I think this can only help uh, total. I, and, you know, all of all of uh, network and cable television, I think it can only help it. Yeah. I really do. I mean, and too, I, I know the fandom totally <laughs> bombarded them. You know, you got to fix the show. And, and you know, if, if anybody isn't watching it, just take a look at it. Uh, it's going to come back February 5th on Fridays at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's a new night. We were on Thursdays, which I was really upset about because it's like, okay, you're going to go against Shondaland? Really? <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm glad it's moved to Fridays. So, um and everybody can just catch up and watch it on uh, Fox.com and, or on Hulu, or I think on the Fox app as well. So, so okay, so let's get into our Walking Dead stuff. So, Negan, this is another note. I was thrilled that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast as Negan. He, of course, I know him. He was, he was uh, uh, Dean and Sam's uh, father in Supernatural, the first season of Supernatural, and he was most recently on Extant. He's done several different movies and everything. He's going to be good. What do you think of, of the casting for Negan? I think it's excellent casting. You know, for a long time, I know a lot of fans have been 
wondering who was going to be cast as Negan. I mean, that is like the one character from the comic books that people have a very strong opinion about. Uh, and and because of the because of the character and just the character's personality, his quirks, his you know his incessant need to swear. Like, how yeah. did you take this very charismatic, over the top character from a comic book where you basically have carte blanche to really do whatever you want with it and translate right. it onto cable television where you have you know a lot of limitations. Uh, and I think this, more than any other character, the casting was very important because the able to physically embody that character mm-hmm. and convey a lot that they won't necessarily be able to as they did in the comic. And, you know, this particular actor is just so amazing. If people haven't seen The Watchman, that's such a, gr- oh the Watchman, my God. a great movie. And he was so great and over the top. So when I heard that he was cast... I just immediately just, like, I think I gave, like, a little shout, and I even ran to my husband, who's an also a big, <laughs> huge Walking Dead fan and a big fan of The Watchmen. So when I told him that he had been cast as Negan, we both were, like, genius. Great, ah. great casting on their part. They, I, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring bring to it. Because I, I, he's excited, too. I've seen oh, him yeah. talking um, uh, about the, you know, in a very limited way. Because of course, you know, I'm sure that he's been yeah. told he can't really spoil a lot. So, um, but he spoke about it, and and he seems really excited. He's like, he said he got the call that uh, that he was being offered, you know, and yeah. a role, and he was like, "Is it Negan?" And they told him, yeah. and he goes, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna do it. Of course." I mean. <laughs> If, I mean, if you're going to, if you, you know, let's face it, since the governor, there hasn't really been yeah. a villain, villain, a big bad per se, that has really kind of like united everyone. Um, right. And I think that this, this particular one will just be, I mean, knock it out of the park. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come. Well, I'm just curious. How are they going to get around all the swearing? I mean, it was hilarious because, of course, the fall finale, there were quite a few shit. <laughs> it dropped. <laughs> well, uh, some of our favorite know. lines were, were laden with curse words, which was great because, I mean, really. Yeah. I, how, how can you convey the truly crappy nature of the apocalypse without dropping a few swear words here and there. Yeah, I mean, you just can't. And the great thing that that the best lines of the season of the mid-season finale came from a teenager. Deanna. Oh, which one? And Deanna. Oh, yeah. You know, so like two people yeah. that you don't one that you you probably wouldn't think would be swearing and the other one that yeah. shouldn't be swearing and they like I mean her like well shit you know it was the well, best shit. it was like i'm and so was... screwed with this bite <laughs> <laughs> and it was i know that it was that one and when she said it's it's still me when when we thought she was gonna oh, yeah. eat the kid i was freaking i'm like she better not be doing that i don't think i can handle that but when she turned she said oh, no, it's no, still no. me i was like oh my yeah, god thank god <laughs> and of course she yeah, knew Rick was about to lay into her, so she better quickly let him yeah. know that she was still in the land of the living. 
Oh, that was, I mean, there were, there were a lot of moments like that, but, you know. (laughs) And, and of course, Carl, dude, your your father was an asshole. (laughs) I think that's what all of us have been saying all along. It's like, you know what? Get over it. It's not like your dad was a paragon of society. He was an asshole. Right, exactly. Get over it. Get in the real world. Okay, so let me. I just have a few. Well, I I took just a few uh, comments from people. Do you want? Why don't you? Do you want to read those, Dania? I think you. I gave them to you. I I think I have one that I see here that that actually transferred over. Um, okay. Let me see. It says uh, um, at Shannon Belshaw. Uh, uh, let me see. Sunday night's episode was so intense. That kid is going to get them killed, though. <laughs> That's what I so was screaming I, at the screen. I was like, what? I'm assuming that she's she's referring to Sam. Sam. And his, yeah. little, and his little outbursts right before the camera faded away. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. Really? Really? Uh, now, the, uh... now you have to do a Stewie from Family Guy? Oh, oh, oh shit. Mommy. Focused on 
this whole question of philosophies and ideologies that has mm-hmm. I think has been really the really big part of the show since it since it started. Right. I mean, when you right. were, when you're talking about uh it's something that Rick has struggled with since he woke up to the end of the world and it was basically what what can I do and still retain my humanity like what am I willing to do and every season we've seen him time and again give chances try to have faith in others and it always seems to come back and haunt them it backfires on them and it took him five seasons to realize that he can't do that and protect his family and the people that he cares about in an effective right. way. At some point, someone is going to lose out. And he can't afford it to be his kids or anybody that, that, he, that you know, has become his, part of his de facto family. And, right. and I think between Carol and Morgan this season – you really see the divide between mm-hmm. someone who's who's willing to do anything to protect those that she loves and cares about and someone who was brought back from the brink of insanity basically by adopting this philosophy of all life is precious but at what cost is all life precious exactly well and Morgan I'm sorry I mean I get that he he's trying to Save his humanity. He doesn't want to end up being a killer and this and that. But the, but now look what happened. I mean, one of the wolves now has uh, I can't. What's the, what's the girl's name? I never remember it. The one that Denise. 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 And of course, right. you know he's going to probably keep her around for whatever he wants. And, uh, and you know, and the bottom line is, is that Carol, there there cannot be this. Uh, you just can't have that you can, in this world. You just have to take him down, and the fact he refuses to do that is just—I don't—I can't imagine that he's going to last much longer. I mean, honestly, I mean, look at what happened, and now what? Now it's going to be even worse. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, they're not going to—he's not going to kill the kill him. He's going to what? The question? I'm like, like this guy is going to really change? He's not going to change. And Denise, which she says, she says, you know, you weren't born this way, which I thought was very interesting for her to say, and, you know, that, hey, you can change. And I think what it boils down to is he doesn't want to change. He, this, is, this was a product of what, what the zombie apocalypse has done, the product of people changing, but they're all changing in different ways. That's what the show, I think, depicts beautifully. And, you know, even someone like Rick, who, you know, thank God he showed up at Alexandria. I mean, they didn't have any clue whatsoever. And he kind of pulled them through it. And now, of course, it's a disaster. But, you know, it's all about, you know, trying to keep your humanity, but also be able to survive in this world. And you have, sometimes you have to kill people. You can't just save everybody. And I I was, I God, I was really rooting for Carol, man. I got to say. I mean, in as much as it was, you know, uh, I was just like, oh, man, she just needs to, uh, she needs to, like, get to this guy and kill him, but I guess it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so frustrating. Well, I think um, the thing with with 
the writers deciding to um, play out this uh, basic conflict between, um, you know, retaining your humanity and giving in to your baser instincts during this apocalypse by using Carol and Morgan. I mean, these are two beloved characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not like it's Carol against some random guy who showed up, and you really can be very dismissive of somebody that's just new and, and you know, this is Morgan. I mean, right. this is someone that you saw from the very first episode mm-hmm. of the show. And, you know, he's popped up, you know, every once in a while. And people were extremely excited to have him once again reunite with Rick and become part of this because we've seen his journey and we know what he's gone through and how much he's lost, just like most of these characters have. My Mm -hmm. problem with the way that they've decided to deal with this, and I've had this discussion primarily with my husband, um, for, you know, more than a month now when we, you know, we figured what, what, you know, what was probably going to be the focus uh, when she, uh, when Carol and Morgan have that little interaction in the season premiere where he's yeah. like asking her, you know, like, were you this or that? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, you know, you, you seem like you're, you're, you, you're very observant. And, you know, she just kind of shrugs it off and, He's like, I, I I got you, and she's like, okay, I'm now I'm gonna have to keep my eye on you, kind of thing. So right, right, right off the bat, you know that they're setting these two characters up for what basically came to a head in in yeah. the last uh, episode. My problem is when they had episode four, which was that bottle episode, showing us how Morgan got from the guy that we saw in season three, yeah. who was you know, just teetering on uh, on the on the fine line between okay and insanity. And right. this guy that, you know, this Zen Yoda kind of guy walking around the woods, uh, right. you know, like how did you get, you know, because basically we're, we're only dealing with probably a few months uh, after yeah. time between that right. time when Rick left him in the town and, and the time when he finally rejoins the, this group in Alexandria. So it's not like right. it's years later you know, how did he get from point A to point B? And during that episode, which, by the way, I don't feel it needed 90 minutes, but that's, that's another little point of contention. <laughs> oh I think we could, have, yeah. we could have given that extra 30 minutes to the mid-season finale and not given it to yeah. that episode. But I, I know that they were trying to do something, you know, almost like esoteric with him out there, yeah. you know, swinging the stick around and, you know, getting all zen. Um, I I enjoyed that episode because I just think Lenny James is an amazing actor. Oh, and, yeah. And it was fun to watch him. And I, I don't know the actor's name, although I've seen him a million times in a bunch of things, but the um the actor that played oh, his, the guy. his, yeah, his uh his Obi Wan Kenobi, if you wanna say. Yeah. Um that was just then too, that great interaction that they had. It was wonderful. But there were a lot of things I kind of think that Morgan kind of missed the forest for the trees of what this Mm -hmm. man was trying to say. He's like, look, at the end of the day, Morgan was a good man before all of this happened. So he had lived a good, decent life up until this point. 
we don't know what kind of a life this uh, kind of hipster wolf has led up to this point. Right. Like we, we don't right. know. We're just assuming he was a good guy and suddenly the, the apocalypse made him, you know, just lose all morals. We don't know that. Right. He might have been a bastard before that. So when Eastman is telling him, he's interweaving the story of how he got to that point. Right. Because that serial killer ended up killing his family. At the end of the day, you find out that he did kill that man. Because right. he says it himself, there are people who cannot change, who are irredeemable. There are people yeah. like sociopaths, cures. You're not going to bring them back. You're not going to talk them out of it. You're not going to show them the light. You're not going to show them the way. And in a regular world like we live in, in a civilized society where you have mental institutions, where you have prisons, where you have a justice system, courts, judges, juries, where you have all of these in place, there are ways to, in a civilized manner, deal with these people that you would normally not be able to deal with. But when society breaks down and you're living in a place where the world has ended, you don't have that in place. And we saw that right. clearly with Carol in season four, where she had the decision to make of what do oh, I do with this child? There are no mental hospitals that I can take her to and put her right. there so that she can't harm herself and others. None of that exists anymore. So am I going to keep right. this child around where she's already killed her sister and she could potentially kill any of us or, God forbid, kill an infant because she's yeah. so far gone, there's no way to treat her. When, when society breaks down, you basically have to become the judge, the jury, the executioner. You have to take all those roles. And these are roles that we don't take on. So we, we right. kind of like live in a bubble where like all these bad things happen in the world and there's things that take care of it. But we don't have to. I don't have to send someone to jail. I don't put someone right, in a right. mental institution. I don't decide to execute someone when they've committed a crime. But when you literally have people that you care about hanging in the balance, can you really afford to have this pacifist ideology? You know, in a, in a perfect world, it would be great. That man Eastman, he could afford to think that way because he was living in the woods in a cabin by himself in the zombie apocalypse. So right, basically, right. he he could say he could take the luxury of not killing anyone because more than likely he wasn't going to run into a lot of people, and if he did, the only life that would be lost would be his own. But when there exactly. are other people around, what does Morgan really have to lose? He's already lost his wife and his son, but right. Rick still has kids to protect. Exactly. And the people and in Alexandria are like children; they are naive. They have no experience. They need Rick and these people to help them, to help them survive. They are at the mercy of the walkers and the humans out there that are not nice, and they're not going to be nice. And the fact right. that Morgan sat there with Rick and Michonne in the previous episode when they were questioning him about letting yeah. those wolves go, all the while he knows that he has one tied up in a basement. Yeah, you know. Oh my God! That I was like, these people are not happy with you. 
He should right. have come clean at that moment. If he would have come clean, they could have dealt with it before everything hit the fan. But exactly. he perpetuated a situation that then put Carol in the enviable, non-enviable situation of yeah. having to say, I need to kill this man. Don't you get it? He, he having doesn't. him here is as dangerous as having 200 walkers walking around Alexandria. That's the part that he does not get. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have issues with her threatening him and saying, well, I'm going to have to kill you to get to him. The problem is he's putting her in that position. Stand down. You don't have to kill him, but that doesn't mean that you have the right to prohibit other people from doing it. Right. Exactly. And that's what it boils down to, you know. And, you know, honestly, I I don't understand. I, I get that he doesn't want to kill but when he let all those wolves go i mean you knew by the end of this false and i mean i knew it was going to end up being you know just a, a cluster f and it was just i don't i i understand that he's trying to you know keep his humanity and all of that but i just don't understand how now after everything that's happened that he's going to not kill people again after now now that uh the wolves guy took um what's her name Deanna or no what's her name Denise I don't know why I can't remember that um now that he's she's taken Denise and now of course we saw at the very end you know Daryl and um Abraham and uh who else oh and um Sasha Sasha, they are they are screwed because now they're you know now they're going to be seeing Keegan and that's going to be a a Negan and that's going to be a nightmare I I don't know what's going to happen after that but, um, but yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, I thought the 90 minute, we could have had a 90 minute fall finale would have been much better. Um, so I don't know. I, but okay. So I, think I just that, don't I think to that, say, go ahead. I don't think the episode was fleshed out enough is what, is yeah. what I'm saying. I, I mean, there was a lot of action in it and it was from one minute to another, there were things going on. There was a lot of things going on at the same time. Um, and you always have that when, but, you know, a similar episode where there was constant craziness going on was the season premiere of season five when everyone was determined. Oh, my God. That was, like, that was the best. But oh, my God. That is one of the best episodes. And and I loved it because crazy it was like a juggernaut of chaos. Yep. But it was well-choreographed chaos where you had, yep. you know, where you had a payoff. Now, granted... It's the premiere, and you usually have that with premieres as opposed to trying to leave you in a cliffhanger. Premieres, you know, pick up from cliffhangers and give you your payoff. But, right. I, I mean, there have been mid-season finales for me that were were better. Like even last yeah. season's uh, mid-season finale uh, with the whole Grady Memorial thing coming to a head, uh, everything right. kind of came together, and there there was a sense that one chapter had ended, and you didn't know what was going to come next. Whereas this one, they're just you know walking through a field of walkers, was, and as the kid starts yelling "Mom," you cut right there. It's like what, what? Oh, That's it. And I'm just like, what the hell? And the kids keep yelling "Mom" and "Mom," "Mom," and I'm just like, would somebody just smack this kid? I mean, not to be mean, but. I, you know, that he's going to end up getting them killed, you know? 
it was well, very underwhelming. Yes. You know? Uh, no, no. A, oh, it, absolutely. Yeah, it was underwhelming. The, the episode was underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I was left and I was just going, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> this isn't that exciting of a, a cliffhanger. I thought there would be way more. I mean, I, I will say, yeah, the cliffhanger, of course, with Daryl and, and Abraham and Sasha was definitely, you know, that was a cliffhanger. <laughs> but... That, you know, and they're gonna. And then the other thing was okay. Funny because I think it was Robert Kirkman. He said that you know, Sam is uh, basically depicts the uh, the innocence of the Alexandria people. Um, and at the very beginning of this of the show, I loved the ant coming in from the from the wall. That you know, at the very first shot, and then you know, kind of absorbing or eating the the food or whatever that was on the floor, and I just thought it was a great analogy for, you know, what in turn happened. But what I get is, why didn't they realize the tower might fall? I mean, what did you think of that? Because I was like, wait a minute, nobody's ever talked about maybe the tower was going to fall. Well, I think <laughs> I what was... happened from a, like, from a timeline sense, when, remember, when Rick arrives with the horde right behind him, yeah. Uh, then they immediately, he just gets through the gates barely, and then this herd surrounds Alexandria. So since the tower is outside of the walls, they oh, really, yeah. they weren't going to be able to get to it to try to even assess if there was too much damage to it and what it could potentially do to, to you know, breach the wall because they weren't going right. to be able to get outside of the wall. I mean, I, I just think... If it wasn't that, it would have been something else. These people were lucky. They basically lived two years uh, yeah. blissfully unaware of all the dangers that have surrounded them from the walkers being corralled in the quarry and, and you know, basically keeping this threat away from them to the wolves not knowing that they were there to apparently Negan and the Saviors not uh, bothering them for two years. It's right. They really have not had to deal with anything. They were able to pick up uh, on the on what was left of civilization and recreate it in their own way in this little town. And then you yeah. have Rick and company coming in from living just an absolute barely living (laughs) barely living i mean they were like at they were at the end of their rope truly and they just been completely beat down by everything around them so they come in here just shell-shocked i mean really suffering i think all of them from post-traumatic traumatic stress disorder i mean if you if you look at all of them to some extent some more than others they are just they're just beat down and they're constantly having to relive everything, all this baggage that they carry with yeah. them from the zombie apocalypse. Now imagine characters that were already carrying baggage from their normal lives before right, all of this right. went down. You know, somebody like Daryl, somebody like Carol, who, yeah. who had, you know, a lot of, a lot of issues to deal with even before all of this happened. Um, one thing that I want to say, I, I always kind of look at every episode and I try to take something from it, like yeah. pinpoint, like what was my favorite moment? 
what was my least favorite moment, like who shined, right. you know, so that you can kind of keep track of, of are there characters that are not getting really fleshed out and that are there some characters that are, you know, I hate to say like too much screen time, not enough screen time. I don't really go for that. I'm like, is your time on the screen memorable or, and does it do yeah. something for the character? I, I, I don't measure in minutes. So, for right. example, the fact that Deanna figured a lot in the second half of last season, but not so much in the first half of this season. Um, mm-hmm. You would probably say, well, you know, why should we care about her? She's just, you know, she was just there. That her character in particular, this is a person who living very sheltered for the last two years. Yeah. Um, and, and, and being probably as idealistic as anyone can be in this situation about her visions of what this place could be and how they could start mm-hmm. over again, you know, pick up from the ashes. Right. Um, for her to lose her son and to lose her husband and to realize that they'd been living a lie, basically they were on borrowed mm-hmm. time. This was bound to happen whether Rick and everyone showed up or not. Uh, the fact that Rick and and these people are there is really, uh, it'll 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 say they saved some of them. They can't save yeah. all of them, but they can save some of them. Had they not been there, everyone would be wiped out. Oh, everyone would totally. be gone. They would not be able to survive that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that she realizes it. And at the very end, when she, you know, her well shit moment that she she knows she's a goner. She, you know, she's like, she's telling Michonne in their little private time, you know, I figured it out. And I still believe that this can be what I thought it could be. We were just not prepared for it. But you've come right. here and you can take whoever remains and, and teach them something. But at the same time, let them teach you something as well. Let them bring you back from that dark place that you guys were at. But at the same time, you need to show them the darkness and they need to know that it exists and they need to know how to deal with it so that they can survive. It's, you know, it's, it has to be like a symbiotic relationship. It's not Rick side-eyeing everybody going, oh, God, yeah. these people are, you know, like the red shirt landing party from Star Trek. You know, right. like, these people are going to be gone. You can't. You know, because right, I think right. we've we've really seen that there are some people in Alexandria, at least the ones that the writers have decided to write a little bit for and flesh out. Someone like Aaron, who we didn't see in the in the mid season finale. I was very upset about that. You know, yeah, we didn't too. see Keith. You know, the only yeah. Alexandrian we really saw were Deanna and um and Denise Spencer. really. And so Spencer. Uh, and. Spencer. Where was Spencer? I mean, you know, hopefully he hid somewhere. I mean, there. I just, yeah, I, I feel like, like this particular episode, if there was anything to take away from it, I think that the female characters really stood out for me. Oh, totally. I mean, they were. It's so crazy to me that even now, Eugene. I mean, he's standing there. He's like terrified. He doesn't want to kill anybody. And, yeah, thank God for the women. They got in. They got in there and got it done, and and you know, hit into the garage. But uh, it was also hilarious that he's reading a world history book. <laughs> They're trying to figure out what they need to do, and he and he. It just cracks me up. I 
I'm built a lie. I mean, you know, especially let's not even talk about the fact that he lied to them. I mean, that was, oh, my God. I, that was, I didn't read the comic. So, for me, that was like, what? He's been lying this whole time? I was shocked. And, uh, but, you know, that's how he survives. That's how he operates. He does whatever. So, uh, you know, it was just, it was just crazy to me that he's still such a scaredy cat. I feel like, you know, and even Carl now, Carl and, uh, what was that guy's name? Rob, I think the kid, it was going to like kill him. I was just like, oh my God, seriously. And kudos to Carl. He doesn't tell Rick what happened. I mean, do you think that he should have? I, I, I Absolutely, like I do. I do. Yeah. I feel that that's that's a mistake. I I think the it's very interesting when they first arrived in Alexandria. Carl was the one that said to his dad, "You know, we can yeah. try to make it work here, but these people are weak, and I don't want them to make us weak." And right, and it came from him, and it came from him. And ironically, I think that the very thing that he was scared of is the thing that happened. He hesitated to kill that wolf in the second episode of this season, Uh, the one that was trying to kill Ron, and he almost got taken down. He managed to take out the wolf in the end, but he had that moment of hesitation. I think the Carl from two seasons ago wouldn't have hesitated one second to shoot that that wolf. Oh yeah, and, and as for no. Ron, you know, I think he's like, I'm this teenager, and there's a bunch of teens in this town, and I'm trying to make friends again, and I know that my dad shot this guy's kid, I mean, this guy's father, and you know, but again, it's not just about you as a person, right? And what someone else is doing to you, if they are acting in a manner that is going to put not just you but everyone else's lives in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. You have a responsibility to everyone else to deal with that. I mean, is it hard to think, are are we actually rooting for this kid to shoot another kid, to take out another kid? Well, the thing is, if you've read the comics, you know what happens to Carl. Now, I don't know if you know what happens to Carl. I don't you have know no what idea. happens to Carl, but you can say <clears> it. I don't, yeah, I mean, you can well, tell me. <laughs> uh, Carl's eye gets shot out during this. Oh, um, yeah. somebody told me that. This, uh, yeah, in, in this particular scenario with the horde inside Alexandria, that's, that's something that happened. Um, and... The fact, you know, it, all of this is going to come back to haunt him and oh, to haunt totally. Rick. It's going to set off a chain of events again. We've seen this season after season. In the second season, he didn't kill the walker that was stuck right. in the mud, and that walker ended up killing Dale. That's right. Every That's season right. you see little things, you know, how many opportunities did Rick have to take out the governor? And oh, he my did God, it. so many, and he did and, and who ended up losing their lives? Herschel. Andre right. had the opportunity to take out the governor before things got so right. out of hand, and, and she, she didn't. Right. And every season we see all these people being given chances, all these people giving chances, 
and it always comes back to bite them in the butt. And it's like, think about how long the one person who gets it, who got it a long time ago, and who is Carol. She's like, that's it. You cannot, because it's either going to be you or them. It's right. You know, Morton wants to deal in absolutes. All life is precious. Let's assume all life. Let, but let's just assume all life is precious, okay? I don't happen to subscribe to that ideology. I no, think if either. you're a cold-hearted mass murderer, then your life is not as precious as, I don't know, a little baby's life? No, I don't think so. Uh, but that's just me. But uh, let's, let's just say I were, or were to embrace his way of thinking. And just to put a, a specific example of how would you deal with things because it's wonderful to be able to have that kind of uh, philosophy when Mm -hmm. you're not put to the test and he was put to the test in this mid-season finale yeah it's like it's not just me trying to rehabilitate this guy the guy himself is telling you you know you probably should kill me because if i have a chance i'm gonna kill you it's like the guy is telling you I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill right. anybody else that I have to. What, what part of that don't you understand? Let's just suppose, as, a, as an example, and I don't know if this is going to happen. I have no clue, but I'm just saying as an example. Let's just say this wolf gets out with Denise, and he's walking around in the streets of Alexandria trying to get through the horde of walkers, and he bumps into Rick and company walking through, and he decides to shoot his way out, or he shoots baby Judas. Oh, my God, don't even say that. That, uh, that would be so, the worst. So Morgan's decision to let this guy live because his life is as precious as everyone else's can set off a chain of events that would lead to an innocent person getting killed. Right. So... <laughs> How does he think Rick would take it if Rick found out that this wolf had been tied up in the town this whole time and he allowed him to live and someone got killed because he allowed him to live? Let's not even talk about the wolf that he let go in the second episode who took a gun before he ran out. And that was the same wolf and company that shot at him while he was in the trailer. He just managed to just just by a like a thin a thread, hair. he managed to get out of that little hair. He managed to get out of that situation. That's just an example of what can happen. Some people think that Carol sometimes goes too much to the extreme by killing Karen and David at the prison because she was right. trying to stop the spread of the virus, by killing Lizzie because she was trying to keep Judith safe. But right again, it goes back to. The same thing, the two opposing ideologies, and which one are you a subscriber of? Do you think that you can really live in this world and be this Zen person? Because I think really Morgan's issue is he feels that if he gives in to that, then he's going to revert back to what he was. To the old, yeah. To the old guy that had lost his mind. But it's like, no, because you're living too extreme. It has to be, yes, I can live a life, and I can be around people, and I can have uh, the opportunity 
to live some sort of a life, but at the same time, if I have to, if I have to kill, then I have to kill. It is now part of what this society that we live in, whatever's left of it, dictates of me in order for me and the ones I love to survive. That really, for me, is what I take away from this. It's, I, I wish that he could get to a point where he realizes that he doesn't have to become insane, kill right. those that need to be killed. He feels like that I can't kill. It's not because all life is precious. I think no. that, that's something to kind of hide behind. I think it's like, well, if I do this, then what's going to stop me from just killing anybody that I get pissed off at? Because right. that's not what Carol does. She doesn't kill indiscriminately. She kills when she oh, has no. to. And it's she, pretty she clear cut. I mean, she killed a bunch of wolves during the attack. I mean, I think we can all safely, you know, agree that that was a necessity, what she did. Oh, uh, agreed. And, and everything that she's done in the past, I also think, was necessary to do. Some people probably wouldn't have been able to do it, but she got to the point where she realized that it had to be done and somebody had to do it, and she's just taken on that role of doing it. And it weighs heavy on her. Because you could tell in that scene with Morgan, she was trembling. She was crying. She was like, please don't make me do this. I'm begging you, get out of the way and let me do what I have to do. I don't want to have to kill you. But you're going to make me do it because you don't get it through your sick skull. And that is just, I mean, it's a great thing to watch. And it was powerful to watch. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this is the pacifist who then grabs her and body slams her on the floor and leaves her unconscious. Right. It's like, I mean, well, I don't get it. How much of a pacifist are you? I'm I like, know. are you, uh, really, you should be willing to give up your life for this wolf who you say life is as precious as anyone else's is in this town. If she's saying she's going to kill you to get to him, then take it then. If, I mean, yeah. if we're going to really embrace this ideology, go all the way with it, but no. Your defense mechanisms kick in. You're like, oh, this woman is threatening me. I'm going to have to retaliate in some form. And at the end of the day, you're a guy with a stick, and she's a woman with a knife that you can easily kick away from her. Did you really have to body slam her like it was the WWE? Right. (laughs) I mean, I I I have issues with that, that. too. Yeah, I was shocked by that. It was a shocking moment. It was just insane. Well, and too, I mean, Carol, though, I, I, the thing, I think of all of the characters, Carol has been the one where we've seen from the very beginning where she was to where she is now. And I think that she has learned to disconnect with her emotions. She does, she does what just needs to be done. She's not going to take any shit from anybody. And, and I, I, I hate to say it, but I agree with Carol's ideology. I mean, in this world, you have to, have to. You have to, like, make those choices. And every single little choice that you may think is nothing turns into a big something down the line. I mean, and, Absolutely. you know, if Carl and, you know, if Carl ends up losing his eye, you know, then, of course, he's going to think back and say, well, I guess I should have done what I, you know, what I needed to do. Uh, and, you know, it's hard. And especially, like, being kids, teenagers in this world, it's just ridiculous. You know, how are you compared to what we are now? You know, when you look at what how we are now with everything, and then they have nothing, and they're just still trying to process and grow and, and things like that. And so, Carl is just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be upset when uh, if that happens, but you know, who knows? 
But um, but then the wolves, what was interesting with him, he said we freed them. Their, their ideology, as far as the wolves go, to me, is more like, you know, we're freeing them from their from the virus. That, that's why they kill people. Like, we free them. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, you're freeing them? That's what you think? <laughs> like, you know? Can I just oh, tell man. you, I mean, when I first heard that conversation that the in the second episode that walk uh, that yeah. um the wolf that they captured um the one that was attacking Father Gabriel and they tied him up oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know they're having this little conversation with him it's like you don't understand and then Carol comes and like bam just bam. which to me was just like in one of those great moments where you're like right. he's like oh shut up already I mean with your yeah, stupidity it's like really it's I mean, how many times have there been complete lunatics, sociopaths, that if you give him five oh, yeah. minutes, I mean, somebody like Charles Manson, I mean, if you give him, like, an interviewer, he will sit there for hours oh. on end spewing a bunch of absurdities and, you know, all kinds of things right. that he uses as excuses for his craziness. This is the same exactly. thing. It's like these people have devolved because, you know what, they just did. Forget about right. any kind of, like, let me get back, I'm a wolf, and oh, who cares? It's just like, oh. shut up. Kill him, get him out of the way, and move on to the next. Exactly. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to. I mean, he's like Morgan. Let me sit down with you, and and I'm gonna tell you my story. And after I tell you my story, you're going to be so moved. After you've spent all this time chopping up human beings, you're going to be so moved that you're gonna go, oh my god, I get it now. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be part of your society here in Alexandria. I'm gonna go to potluck right. dinners. It's not going to be great. I mean, what did Morgan really think was going to happen with this guy? I just want to know. I really I want know. the writers to, like, have someone sit with him and yeah. ask him. I mean, not Carol, because Carol is, like, Carol's done no, with Morgan. No, no. But, I, I mean, I want somebody Rick. to sit with this man. And just, and just and I, don't, I don't even think Rick. Rick would be just as living. Michelle he just Maggie. wasn't around Michelle for it. Rick has... Oh, Rick has too many problems to deal with in the yeah, season finale. But I would really want to see in this second part of season six, I want to see a real meaningful conversation, you know, maybe with Michonne or maybe with Glenn or anybody, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. and I want a, a true explanation. Don't give me this, you know, like Zen, this kind of right. philosophy from this martial arts. I, I don't want to hear that. That's just nonsense. That is not the reason why you are doing what you are doing. Because you could not have spent a week with that guy in the woods and suddenly <laughs> thought that this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. No, no, no. no. You have latched onto this like, like a lifeline. Like, I have yeah. to do this or else I'm going to go crazy again. Yeah. And, it, you know, Rick, Rick has really latched onto his kids. And that's really what has kept him grounded after he lost Lori and just right. the craziness. It's like, okay, I'm in, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this because I'm protecting my kids. I'm doing this, I'm doing it because I'm protecting. That's, that's it, right. you know. And when he starts to deviate from that is when mm-hmm. you see him kind of like unraveling. And that's what I really love about his relationship with Michelle. Because oh, Michonne, you see yeah. Michonne. You see Michonne when she's first introduced as this character who's just, you know, it's like this this wild sense about her. She's been out in the woods. 
I mean, she's wielding this sword and, right. you know, she's kind of closed herself off from people. And now she's come, like she's done a complete 180, and she's, you know, kind of this voice of reason who can still, you know, kick your ass when she has right. to. That she's really trying to find something that can, you know, that can bring her back to feeling somewhat normal again. And I think she has that effect on Rick more than anyone else, even more than his children. Because, I agree. you know, being a dad, you, you, you're, it's, an, it's an instinct that you want to protect your children. But this relationship with Michonne, he, you have to work at it. It's like, you know, there were moments, tense moments there, especially in season three, where he thought, you know, do I give this woman over to the governor and, and you know, all my problems right. will go away kind of thing. And he realized that that, that wasn't going to happen because it's not that easy when somebody wants to take something from you. They're going to do it any, right. anyways, no matter what you try to do. So, you know, he took a chance on her and, and, and because Carl liked her and, and she's become of this community that they formed. But, um, well, yeah, it was like oppositely, this relationship that he has with Jesse, I mean, I don't know, what, what do you think? Because I personally, I like the actor so much, the one who plays Jesse, but to me, that character is probably one of the most annoying characters yeah. that has ever been I mean, on this show. I felt it was so forced, like they were trying to jam, like this yeah. forced relationship chemistry with Rick and Jesse. Jesse, yeah. I, I I just couldn't take it. I'm like, really? With everything that's going on, we're gonna we're gonna do this now? The woman just had her husband killed whether he was a rat bastard or not. And then Rick who's just like gone through like hell and back and they're gonna start like sucking face? Really? Yeah, I know. I I was kind of I I don't know. I just don't think that a love interest works on this type of show. That's not what the show's about. But then, but then in contrast, I mean, I got to talk about Glenn. Hello, Glenn is alive. I was so, that was the hardest two, what, two or three weeks we had to wait to find out if he was dead or alive or whatever. I was just like, oh, my God. And now Maggie is pregnant. So now what? Oh. I mean, another baby? Seriously? I mean, poor Judith is barely able, they're barely able to keep her safe. I, I just can't imagine another kid. I I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. What do you think of that? Still hasn't really connected with Maggie. And then there was Maggie. She almost got literally that first couple minutes of the episode was like, oh my god, yeah. she's gonna get that was she's gonna get grabbed. Oh my god, I was like on the you know edge of my couch. I was like, oh my god, seriously, they cannot kill Maggie. I was just like freaking no. out, and she made it up. I think that up, was like. The one moment in that episode that I was clutching my pearls, going, "Oh God, yeah. oh God, please, just get up, just get up." No. I, I mean, I knew like, that oh one, she wasn't gonna. Yeah, I knew she wasn't gonna get uh, bitten, but still, oh, it's just like still, it was, it was nerve wracking. Yeah, very. But, you know, I think that I think that you know, as I as I looked back at the episode and I and I said that there, it just felt very underwhelming. I think there were some things that were missing from it. And and it was, I think they relied too much on Deanna's death to yeah. give you that emotional um, gut-wrenching moment mm-hmm. that you needed. And I, as much as I, I love the way that she went out and she decided to take matters into yeah, her own was, hands, 
That I mean, that epic. moment when she when she puts the gun right underneath her chin and you think she's going to shoot, but then she looks at the right. door and she's like, nah, I'm going to go out I'm a different way. It was great. That was so great. And, 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 I, yeah. and it was like probably my favorite moment out of the entire episode. But that is not going to deliver what you need. I think that a reunion between Maggie and Glenn, mm-hmm. even amidst all the chaos, even if she would have looked over at the trees, or yeah. the, right over the fence, and she would have seen him from where yeah. she was on that perch. I think it would have been enough. Just it needed a little bit more of emotion, and I think that that's what was missing because it was either something that had to do with uh, action or or trying to to get a plan underway. So it, it felt right. like the first half of an episode. That's what it felt to me. It felt like. like yeah. Probably this episode and the first episode of the second part of the season were meant to be in companion with each other, and yeah. we've only seen the first one, and we're we're not going to get to see the second one until February when it comes back. So that's why right. I felt like it just got literally like chopped off at a like a very awkward moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, well, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. It was funny from Did a story point. Talking? Did you see the Talking Dead? Because uh, one of the uh, the fans that got to ask the question is, why aren't they always wearing zombie guts? And that's a good question, but of course, you know, well, you know, obviously you'd have to keep doing it, and it's just not practical, that's what they said, and all this. But, but where are they going to go is what I don't understand. Where are they going? They're, and the thing is, they could have had a better cliffhanger than just, that's all it well, was. Well, they're trying obviously. to make... They were trying to make their way to the armory. To the armory, okay. I couldn't. Right, because yeah, they want right. to be able to. I mean, the problem is that they all need guns, and I mean, they need right. guns that have a lot of bullets in them, so they can take off. They, they can take out the the walkers, but they need to get to the armory mm-hmm. first, man. Um, yeah, but it's just but going it's to go stupid. to hell. Well, yeah, and I mean, Sam has just completely lost it. She, I just, I can't imagine that he's going to last much longer, honestly. Well, n- well, no, he's not, uh, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But, um, oh, okay. That's something else. That's something oh, else. Okay. That's <laughs> Let's just say well, the, Anderson, the Anderson family is not long for this world. Oh, Lord. Well, in, I don't blame In, in its entirety. <laughs> They're all going to be joining uh, Mr. Peter Anderson very soon and the beyond. Oh, Lord. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I feel really I, – I mean, I can't say I'm going to miss Jessie, and I know that she dies in the comic book, so that yeah. was not surprising, and neither was her son. But because right. the character of Sam didn't exist in the comic books, I was kind of hoping that somehow he would survive and, and he would – kind of be taken into this family uh, yeah. because I'm so tired of seeing children dying the zombie apocalypse well, yeah. and I'm a mom and it kind of affects me to see that but at the same time I'm just thinking when he does you know die it's going to yeah. be a gut-wrenching thing to witness as a fan but then I'm thinking also of what it's going to do emotionally to Carol. Yeah. Well, you know See, that even though she's been like pushing him away, she secretly cares yeah. a lot about this kid because she really took oh, it upon yeah. herself to make sure that he was safe from his abusive father. And even though right. she's like, okay, Sam, get away from me. Okay, don't bother me anymore. You know that she's trying to 
She's trying to keep up that wall where she doesn't want to get emotionally invested with right. another child that she knows is will not be able to survive in this world. They can't all be Carl. I mean, you know, right, Carl is kind right. of like in a breed of, of apart. You know, it's yeah, it's not it's not something that that is feasible, and she knows it. So she's like trying to keep herself emotionally detached from him. But you know that when she finds this out, it's gonna gut her because she's gonna be exactly. oh, another kid, another kid I couldn't protect, another kid that's just gonna you know it's it's gonna well, be bad you, all the way around. Uh, well, I tell you that Carol's cookies thing was just hilarious. I I couldn't stop laughing after that. I mean, it, you know, he's that she threatened him. <laughs> I just she did not just threaten that little kid, but it was just it was actually incredible <laughs> even as morbid as it is you know I mean, you gotta have a little more morbid, morbidity whatever morbid uh in this show but um well okay and then if there are some callers but if you guys want to talk to me press one and i'll take your calls i don't know if you guys are just listening or what um i don't know what happened here uh-oh all right, uh, 301, you're on the air. Welcome to the fan voice. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, this is how Tasha, are you? Okay, Natty, Hi. how are you doing? Hi, good. I'm glad you called in. Natasha might yeah. have So what I know. Oh, my friend Jane. <laughs> what do you think about all of this? I, I I read the comics, too, or I'm reading the comics, and I and I am at the part of the Negan wars so to speak so um oh lord yeah so then you know um, what's coming yeah no um i'm definitely excited about jeffrey d morgan i i definitely agree i've been listening uh, he's a great actor and i think he can he can definitely pull that off um and i i definitely agree with sam he is pretty much ron in the comics <laughs> um, and Ron is still Ron of what he could have been in the comics if he had survived, <laughs> which was still a prick. So, um, <laughs> um, I, I, Morgan, though, I agree with that too. I just I can't with him. I just wanted to smack him. It's just like you didn't. No, well, I mean, you didn't learn from the first time when Rick told you what happened to him at the trailer. Because you let these people go, he got attacked at the trailer, and he almost died trying to get back right. to warn everybody about the, the zombies following him, and it's a horde. And exactly. now you, you moment, kept this right? wolf. Said, yeah, no, and, and then you kept this wolf. You didn't tell them about him because you know they would have killed him. Like, right. there, it would have been no Anzis or Busted Body. Like, if you feel like you're going to go – way back to just going crazy and killing people. Let someone else do it. I mean, Carol was right there. I mean, she had no qualms. Like, just let her do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you um, don't have to do it, but let her do it or let anybody else do it. The fact that he didn't share that information with them when, when Michonne and Rick were having their little uh, intervention with him is very yeah. telling because he realizes okay, it's not going to be just Carol. Pretty much anyone around here with half a brain is going to have an issue with one of these people that walked in here and started chopping people up, 
sitting in a basement. I'm keeping him tied up here. It's like if you really felt that strongly about it, then why don't you take the guy out into the woods and have your and let him go out there yeah. away from these people. Don't don't keep him there where if something happens to you, and then you bring the only person with any sort of medical training left in yeah. this town to treat this guy. It's just mind-boggling to me. I mean, you can tell that the guy was infected. He was going to die anyway and become a walker. Why are you keeping this man alive? Kill him. I was was so frustrated with Morgan. And Michelle was trying to tell him, look, it is not that simple. Exactly. It's not. It's not clear cut anymore. the, The fact is the world is not functioning how it did before. There is nothing left to take care of the things that you didn't have to deal with before. Now, you, whether you like it or not, this is the world. So whether you like it or not, you will be faced with moments where you will have to make a decision, someone's life over someone else's life. And you're going to have to decide which one is more precious to you because it can't all be all life is precious. And you're just going to let the chips fall where they may because people are going to die that don't need to die. And I'm hoping that in this second part of the season, he gets there. Like, he gets to that point, and he gets to the point where he feels that he can make those decisions without going off the deep end, like everybody else does. I mean, you don't see anybody else. I mean, Tasha maybe was the one last season who was, you oh, know, yeah, I was, she was worried having about her. her moments there. But yeah, she, she realized, was... you know, it, I, I really liked Rosita this season so far because they've well, given yeah. her some really good moments where she's said a lot of things. It's like, you know, oh, the world sucks out there, said Spencer. And she's like, yeah, but you have to have something that you want to live for. And that's what's going to keep you grounded to be able to do the, the things that you need to do. That's all, that's all that Morgan needs. He needs to realize, you know, if you care about these people, if you wanted to seek Rick out and get back to him, because he's like literally the only person left on this planet that knew you, yeah, right. You know, his wife and his son are gone. So if you wanted to get with him, and now he he in turn can become part of these people, part of this community, then they should be the reason why you become grounded and can stay grounded and still do the things that you have to do. All these people continue to give other people chances. Look what happened to Daryl. I mean, he is going to literally regret helping those people out. It will literally come back. And cause a lot of problems. I am so. Well, yeah. I mean, the man took his crossbow and his bike. Those are very precious to Daryl. You're gonna take this man's crossbow and bike. You don't do that. (laughs) And and I recognize when when they mentioned Gregor, I was like, oh crap. nothing else if he doesn't get his, his motorcycle back but i mean they're screwed you know I, tell me you guys know about negan i don't really know about him other than he's just the worst i'm Chris still reading negan and i'm just like oh gosh i can't yeah, <laughs> i think i think the big elephant in the room for for the people that are aware of negan and, and the way that he's uh-huh. introduced in the comics Oh, Lord. Uh, and I think yes. that's why a, a lot of people had, like, okay, a lot of people like me 
Our biggest disappointment so far this season is the way that they dealt with this whole Glenn is alive, dead kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. It's, would... and it's, it will prove to be very anticlimactic if they decide to go and continue with what's happened in the comics because, yes. you know, yes. spoiler alert, if you're listening to the show, it's full of spoilers, so you should stop right spoiler. now. But basically, <laughs> in, in the comics, yeah. when Negan is introduced, um, Negan is the one that kills Glenn. Oh, Lord. So, 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 you know, Negan has this famous uh, baseball bat called Lucille, and and that's exactly what he does. You know, the guy is just bat nuts and and just pretty much sadistic in every sense of the word. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the. The drawings, the 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 yes. artistry of oh my gosh, I was just like yeah. oh my gosh, very bad. And it was it was to go bad. A step further, to go a step further, not only does that happen in the comic books, but there is out there right now leaked footage that was filmed for this what? season, this season six. Uh, Actual finale, the the second part, because they've they've already wrapped for the season. So um, there is leaked footage of Jeff uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in Negan character swinging oh about. God. You don't you can't see who he's swinging it at. That part you cannot see. I've seen the footage, um, oh my God. but he's swinging it at someone. So the question is. Will they? Will the writers decide to give Glenn his comic book death at the hands of Negan, or have they decided to do that with another character? Because a lot of people are theorizing that because they did this kind of fake out at the beginning of the season with yeah. Glenn seemingly dead, but they he wasn't. And uh-huh. fr- frankly, I knew he wasn't dead. I knew he was going to be under that dumpster. I said it like yeah. two seconds after it happened, but whatever. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I knew that. I knew that, I mean, that wasn't going to happen, but people are like, they can't fake it out just to then kill him at the end. I'm like, listen, they can do whatever they wanted to. And I think it's a little bit redundant, but whatever. If they decide to do it, fine. But a lot of people think that because they did that fake out with him now at the beginning of the season, that they're not going to give him his comic book death, and they're going to give it to another character. So who would it be? A lot of people think it might be Daryl. Yeah, it might be Daryl, or it may be another character that does die around the time that Negan comes. And I think you know who I'm talking about that got an arrow in the eye and just yeah. fell down dead, and I was just so shocked. I was like, wait, that's how he dies? What? Yeah. That's it? What? I felt like he would go down, like, way better. Like, come on. That, oh, my God, well, he deserved a better death. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, in season, in, in, in episode six, you know, when Daryl loses his crossbow, the people that read the comic books are like, ooh, that's the one that's going to come back and, and yeah. Uh, that problem. I mean, we're talking about Abraham, Chrissy, in case you didn't. Know well, I wasn't we're trying about. to go there, but I know you said spoiler, but I wasn't trying to go. Well, you already spoiled Glenn, so I guess I should have just I'm like, went. Abraham. Yeah, I spoiled Glenn. Glenn is like the biggest <laughs> one, so, you know. Yeah, really. People, are, people in the chat box are asking, where is the footage? <laughs> Do you have a link? Oh, Lord. Where is, here's the thing. The footage was taken down. Of course it oh. was. <laughs> 
Of course it was. It was taken down, I think, even less than 24 hours before it got out. I did manage oh, to see it because I just happened to be on the Internet when it was it was released. <laughs> and, I mean, people made, you know, gift sets about it. It was all over the place. So enough people know about it, enough people saw it to know that it's out there. So I, I know it was pulled, but, I mean, it is it's very out. it's very clear that you know it's him it it is the character of Negan and it looks like someone was able to videotape the actual monitor of the filming oh, of the wow. scene so you're seeing oh, it kind of God. through the monitor so well, i i obviously they took it down because somebody that was in the know on set was the one that took the video uh, like i said you can't see who it that. is well, right. either they got fired or they just did that on purpose to get to create buzz for it. Maybe. Because they know, like, because, okay. you know, as soon as, you know, we saw that footage from The Talking Dead and when they showed it during um, Into the Badlands, which is another good show, by the way. Um, oh, I love that show. Um, awesome. Yes, it's awesome. But um, when they showed that footage with Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham, and he said, Megan, <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, crap. So anyone that saw, that happened to see that footage was like, oh, snap. We, oh, yeah. my God. I mean, they're there. They're already, I mean, we're at that point now where well, all I mean, of this, yeah. you know, but, but at the same time, I will say that if you know about all of that, then you know that at, during the same time there's another group that is introduced, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into, like, probably within the first or second episode after we come back from the break, which is the group that lives at Hilltop. Yep. Hilltop and another group that maybe be introduced down the line. The Whisperers. Uh, yeah, there's another, you know the other group? Oh. Uh, uh, Ezekiel? Okay. Hello? Oh, yes. Oh, see, I really hey, hope. That that character comes on this show. God, I would love to see it. Because uh, uh, can I see the tiger, please? Like seriously? <laughs> like how are they gonna do that? Like are, are they gonna are, are they gonna do like another animal? Like I'm really wondering now. <laughs> oh, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I want to see that character because of the tiger. I mean, really, I'm just like all for it. I don't know how they would do it, but I think that that would just be amazing to see on television, to actually see it come to life. I would love to see it. But I'm excited about the Hilltop community because I kind of feel like, you know, okay, we have Rick's group that was finally able to come in, you know, from out of the wilderness and find mm-hmm. some kind of a, a, a place where they can try to form a community again. But it mm-hmm. just can't be them isolated there. And if they can form some sort of a network of small pockets of communities, you know, and try to form some kind of civilization again with people who are not that shit crazy, you know, people who really are, are still good people and are, you know, and they can help each other. You know, that's what I'm really hoping to see. You know, if they do decide to give Glenn his comic book death and Maggie ends up alone and she goes to Hilltop and she becomes a leader there, you know, I'm fine with it. I, I Since I already knew about it a while ago, I, I'm kind of already resigned to it. Even though I love Glenn and I would be heartbroken. Oh, my God. Heartbroken, but if I had to physically, like, sit here and watch it happen in any sort of detail, it would just – and you know what kills me is that the writers have been teasing this already for a couple of years because he has this fascination with bats. Glenn does. 
And, you know, if you uh, remember the first episode in the season premiere of last uh, season, when he was right. he was the next one just about to get his head bashed in at the trough with the people in Terminus, you know, everybody was kind of going, oh, no, no, it's foreshadowing, that kind of thing. Well, not only, yeah, yeah, not only that, like, during the mid-season finale, The Walking Dead tweeted, like, you know, something about Negan, and then Glenn's not happy. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? You're like, assholes. It's like, you know, they're always like, no, you know, if anytime you see Scott Gimple being interviewed, he's like, no spoilers, and I was like, are you yeah. kidding me? Can you tell that to the people that do your PR at AMC? Because they're always <laughs> tweeting things left and right. Oh, God. <laughs> I, just, you know, I just wish, I wish that in this episode they really would have taken the time to kind of inject a few more moments in there of, of like, kind of like a little bit more emotion between certain characters. I think it would have helped. They, you know, I love Tara. I think Tara has grown and bounds since we first saw her. Um, mm-hmm. That's another character that I think has really grown. I think she kind of started out almost like Eugene, a little bit, you know, cocky, but really just, you know, shitting bricks, for for lack of a better expression. Yeah. And she kind right. of like, you know, she took the lessons that all these people taught her, and she really grew into her own and is really has become a really valuable asset to them. And and I kind of feel like little by little they're giving you like little glimpses like Hallelujah, Father Gabriel finally said, oh. I'm not gonna leave you hanging out there no matter what. I really believed him. I really do. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm well, that tells well. me that he's gonna get because Morgan got. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, spoilers. I don't care. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because okay. So in the comics, Morgan is the one that goes with them outside right. and then I think he right. gets bit. So something tells me that the Gabriel is gonna get Morgan's death. But well, I, I and I thought the same I'm, thing. But I can't believe he's alive still. The actor has ahead. filmed well into the end of this season. Oh Lord. Uh, okay. So then that yeah. doesn't happen. That just I I just can't imagine him surviving as long as he has. I mean, look at what he did. He practically gets Judith, Michonne, and uh, Carl killed because he got you know going back to the church. And I was just like, are you for real, dude? <laughs> and then you know, it's just he just needs to to be eaten at Listen, this point. Father Gabriel is quite possibly one of the biggest douchebags that has ever become the Walking Dead. As a character, you just can't get any worse than him in terms of somebody who, who you know what, if you're going to be like this meek little, you know, insignificant person, kind of like how Eugene is, at least yeah. don't be an asshole and like how they right. try to like rat them out and sell them out so they would get thrown out of Alexandria. It's yeah, just like, really? Because they know your secret? Because they know you were a complete coward? And yeah, really. Them out of there. It's just like... You know, at that moment, I really wanted a walker to just, like, chomp on him and, like, have a feast. But... I know. I, I, wait, wait, so, someone, like... stop, someone stopped one of the wolves from killing him. So I'm like, was that Carol or Morgan? Did Morgan save Gabriel? I'm like, no, you should have just let someone eat <laughs> the wolf kill him. Yeah, Morgan <laughs> did. Morgan did save him. And what I yes, love is when they were walking it. down the street Morgan. and she was leading him with the chain. She's like, look, and she's like, I'll leave him. <laughs> 
Oh my God! Uh, yes, yes, leave them go, yes, please. Leave them, the- leave them go. Oh my God! Well, you guys were almost out of time. Can you believe that? <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, I'm sorry. Were there any like other it. callers? <laughs> there, there. I think. Well, they didn't press one. It's oh, okay. Hold on, let me just see. Four eight zero. Did you want to talk to us? I don't know who this is. Hi, this is Shiloh. I'm I've been listening. That's that's cool. Uh when is your next show? Uh, well, uh not sure. Um I am sort of doing the shows intermittently right now. Um I'm okay. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start doing more um video shows for on that'll oh, be up on okay. Um, but I will definitely tweet out when I do it again. We'll, we'll probably do another Walking Dead, um, maybe the the spring premiere. We'll do that coming oh, back. Good. Yeah. So good. I mean, I will do because I do these specialty ones, sort of, sort of like special edition ones. So yeah, and and we did a Once Upon a Time one as well, and and we, of course we'll do one for Sleepy Hollow and some others too. So I'll definitely tweet it out though. Thanks for your support. Okay. Cool. All right. I love the show, so oh, I've been you. a zombie lover for a very long time. So. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling and for listening yep. and your support. Appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, with you guys later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that was nice of her. I never know what people actually think. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, so we're almost out of time. Thank you so much to Dania Padron, my ex-co-host. I'm glad you were able to join me tonight. It was fun. And, my pleasure. Uh, and thanks to Natasha. She's uh, one of the, what are you, co-editor, co-founder of the Nerd co-founder. Element? Co-founder. 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 What's, where can people find you? Why don't you guys give your stats out? Uh, yeah, you just check out the website, www.thenerdelement.com. Uh, we do have several podcasts. Um, one of them is TV Talk that I co-host every week. Um, I have been intermittently adding in The Walking Dead to the discussion, which has never <laughs> happened before, because I literally really got into The Walking Dead like late last yeah. season and this season, and I'm like backtracking and rewatching um, or binge-watching uh, the previous seasons and reading the comics. Like That's how much I've started to immerse myself in the Walking Dead world. I'm like, it's so sad. Uh, Yay, welcome. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, everybody's been trying to get me for years to watch this show. I'm like, I'm not watching it. Um, But, yeah, uh, you can follow us at The Nerd Element. Um, You can also follow the TV Talk podcast uh, Twitter handle at TNE underscore TV Talk pod. So, yeah, we're on all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Oh, cool. Dania, are you even on Twitter anymore? You know, I still am, and every once in a while I will uh, go in there and tweet something, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, at Once Upon a Fangirl, so, you know, I'm still around. Okay. I All think right. I see so your sorry. tweet. No, I, still, I still love my Once Upon a Time and, you know, my Walking Dead, and I, I, I love to bring people into the fandom because it's such a great, I think it's like the best show on television, and everyone that isn't watching it is missing out on some really just well-written television. So every time I hear somebody like going back and, and, you know, immersing themselves, it's a great feeling. 
And I am, what am I? I am at uh, Chrissy and and at Sleepy Addicts. I'm usually on Sleepy Addicts more, most more of the time. But, um, yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for chatting with me. I'm leaving you guys with Hozier, Arsonist Lullaby. That was at the request of Dania. So until next time, everybody, I'm out of here. Have a good one. Oh